Hello. This podcast is not for children. It's a podcast in which four friends get together and try to amaze each other with facts about the world or how we found out those found oop those facts about the world. Holy and fucking science. Hello everybody. I'm Hank Green. And this is our last episode of Holy Fucking Science. Kind of. Kind of. We'll be back in a way. Yeah. Don't worry. I mean, it's the same people. In so mostly last, the same just, way. It will just yeah. be a slightly different format. The and last maybe a different name. Having a dirty name. Yeah. We're yeah. going to take the word fuck out of the name because <laughs> it's a little hard to promote it when you're on places where you can't say fuck. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but I, I have to say before we talk about that, that I'm joined by Stefan Chin. Hello. What's your tagline for today? Oh, wow. And <laughs> Sam Schultz. <laughs> what's your tagline? Uh, freshly sliced deli meats. Ooh, is that the one from last time? No, that's a good time. it was Word Up last time. <laughs> word up. <laughs> Very different. <laughs> it just seemed like you were real ready with that. And Sari Riley, I'm, I'm what's your tagline? Uh, stay in a float. Ooh. That is very similar to yours last time, which was equally like grim. Yep. <laughs> Are you doing thematic. okay? <laughs> it's fine. We're talking about it's thematic to our to our subject of the day. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Yeah, that's, true. that's true. And our subject well, of the day is apocalypse. End of the world. The end of the world. In the world. The end of the world. Whatever yeah. the end of the world is, whatever that means. Or your concept of the world. Yeah. Just yeah. the end of, I mean, it, like the end of my world is just death, which is inevitable. Mm. So that's a kind mm. of apocalypse, mm-hmm. but only a very personal, mm. small one. So, yes, before we begin, we have to decide who goes first. And we're going to do that uh, by picking the person to go first. With the lowest life expectancy. Who is closest <laughs> to their own personal apocalypse. That's you. It probably is me. <laughs> your own personal apocalypse? No, that's the, your death date. Oh, or oh, okay. midlife crisis. Either is the same. I'm, I am You're at. You're closer to both. I am at my midlife you are crisis. Not. What is midlife? I have oh, arguments with people about this. Is it your midlife this. baby crisis? I had a baby. That's what, that was what <laughs> I did for my crisis, which I think is a great way to do it. Yeah, that's okay. More what? life. But it's mm-hmm. supposed to be after your kids leave that you have your midlife crisis. I'm pretty see. This sure. is this is the question for me. Midlife mm-hmm. to me, middle aged is the period between being young and being old. I yeah. am no longer young. No, I am closer to forty than to thirty. <sighs> so still I, pretty young. I mean, yeah, okay. I've, I'm a, I'm sure that if you're eighty years old, you think that I'm young. Absolutely, I get that it's I get that it's a perspective thing. But I, from my perspective, am not young. Are you, do you, would you say that you are young? I would say you're still young. Okay. I think you're just getting going. I would actually agree with that. Okay. Yeah. The other definition, mm-hmm. for, and I looked this up, and according to people, that young ends at 35, according mm. to the people wow. that were the top result on Google. That's and pretty I charitable, I'd say. don't know how that works. The other one is to just double it and ask yourself, is that a respectable age at which to die? Like, would that be a tragedy if I died at twice my age? Not really. Yeah. Oh, I think really for me. Yeah, I, it would be, absolutely, mm-hmm. for you, yeah. but not for me. My kids would miss me so much. Oh, that's so sad. <laughs> I can't wait to see your kids. They're going to be really cute, yeah. probably. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I, think that, I think the crisis part is what you need to concentrate more right, on. Right, not midlife. <laughs> yeah, because like having kids is kind of a young person activity, and raising kids is kind of mm-hmm. like something that imbues your life with some kind of meaning. Right. Then when that chapter closes, that's when mm. you buy the car and like run away to Malibu or something. Yeah. 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 So the crisis part was what I would concentrate more on. Yeah. 
You haven't well, had I, one of those. I, I have crises <clears throat> all the time. Yeah, constant I don't think they're only crisis. I'm also in constant crisis. <laughs> no, but, but those crises <laughs> so. are to build your life towards like a certain goal. I feel like those crises are, are, have a function, and the midlife crisis has no so. function except to destroy your life. Okay, yeah. I see. I've nice. had those kind of crises before too, though. I guess maybe my I'm wrong. <laughs> yeah. I guess still be wrong. Yeah, you can have uh. them. They call it a quarter life crisis now because we mm. just got to give people excuses to have as many crises as they at crises as they can. Well, there's kind of more. I feel like there's more reasons to have them now. Maybe yes, though analyzing that probably is outside of the depth of this particular podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I am, I guess, going to go first because I'm closest to death. <laughs> Who's next closest to death? Uh, I'm oldest out of the rest of us. We're just going to go by oldest because we're not going to start analyzing like okay. health habits. and Yeah, there's certain things my parents listen to this podcast that I can't talk about. <laughs> <laughs> so. What do you do that decreases your life expectancy? He goes nothing, base jumping. Nothing anymore. Every uh, night. Nothing anymore. Certain things. Is it to do with a scar? No, you know what? That that was, big, I've never asked about that big scar on uh, I was like five years old oh, okay. and when I would eat food I would like to pretend that I was the waiter serving myself oh, food mm-hmm. my playroom was in the basement down this huge really steep mm. flight of stairs in Butte because all the houses are a million years old and crazy so I had it up like I was a French waiter and I was walking an ice cream sandwich down to myself <laughs> and I wasn't holding on to the rail because one hand was on my hip and one hand was up with the tray which I'd done a million times before and I remember thinking whoa and then seeing the edge of the doorway at the bottom of the stairs coming at me on the 4th of July when I was like five. Okay. So that probably decreased my life expectancy (laughs) to a certain extent. Could be, yeah, why I didn't get the best grades. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I should go second. (laughs) You're you're older than Sam, yeah. Yeah. And then Sarah's the youngest? Yeah. Yeah. Baby. Can you do anything horrible that will decrease your life expectancy? Well, Stefan and I were talking about micromorts at some point, and apparently Mm. living in Boston for one day is equivalent to like smoking a cigarette Uh, or something ridiculous like that. I just thought it was funny that they have a unit for like measuring the loss of an hour of life expectancy. Yeah. But it's like if you eat a bunch of vegetables every day, you gain two. Mm -hmm. But if you sit for too long, you're losing more than that anyway. Yeah, so so I sit a lot and I lived in Boston for four years, so who knows? I'm on the way to death. We all eat vegetables. Yeah, sometimes I eat vegetables, not Mm. very often. I eat a lot of potato. (laughs) I love a but I love a vegetable. Yeah, I (laughs) want to talk about the apocalypse, though. So I wanted to think about what the fastest, biggest apocalypse would be. Mm. So, like getting rid of people is a big apocalypse. Getting rid of the whole planet is a whole other level, right? But then bigger than that, what about the whole solar system? And then I was like, well, what would it take for the universe to stop existing? And like, there's the eventual universe heat death Mm -hmm. thing. But then I started thinking about um, what we call constants. So uh, there are a bunch, like the speed of light is constant. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's always been that and it's never going to change, we think. But there okay. is some thought <laughs> that maybe constants change. And that's a really weird thought for physicists huh. to have because it would it changes a lot of things. It messes some things up. And the idea is that constants are the same everywhere in the universe and also throughout time. It seems that they're the same everywhere in the universe, but we don't know if they're the same throughout time because we can't see forward. Yeah, We, we could never see forward. And we also kind of can't see backward to a certain amount. 
Um, though we can we can we can also see backward of uh, a, a, a fair ways and and pretty accurately. So we think that the constants stay the same. But there are some strange things about constants. Specifically, when you start to get down to the really small level, like the strong force, where scientists basically are like, okay, the strong force is this, and it's that, and that's really turns out to be quite good because if it were a little bit more than that, then. Uh, basically the universe wouldn't have happened. And if it were a little bit less than that, then stars wouldn't have happened. And that's a like kind of an upsetting thought that like there's this thing that has to be the way that it is for the universe to be a place where not like life can exist, but that yeah. stars can exist without like blinking out instantaneously. And so if you lived in a in a you know a universe where everything else was the same, but the strong force was a little bit different, just a little bit different, Stars couldn't exist or the universe wouldn't have started to begin with, basically. I'm simplifying because what the fuck do I know about particle <laughs> physics? And so this has led some people to believe that um, maybe the strong force is such this sort of specific perfect number because it was made up by the people who are running the simulation. And uh, that the universe is a simulation and okay. that otherwise, like, why would it be so perfect? There are some other ideas about why it's quote unquote so perfect, but that's one of them. And the worst and not worst necessarily, but the fastest and biggest apocalypse <laughs> would be if either the simulation just turned off yeah. or uh -huh. if they changed the, the strong force a little bit well, and then suddenly all I the like stars the stopped. Idea mm -hmm. that they turn it off. They're just like, eh, did I'm you tired see, of this game. Did you see what they're doing? <laughs> what are they doing? <laughs> I like the idea that we like go out of beta testing and we get like wide release and oh. then a bunch of like kids are playing it. Are we still in beta? We are still in beta. Oh no. And then a bunch of kids are playing it and there's just like flying hot dogs everywhere <laughs> that they're like evolving on their planets and we're like, oh God. No, no. <laughs> yeah, not the children. <laughs> yeah. But so my question about the strong force thing is if you changed it, would the universe fall apart and then come back together like on a different scale or something like that? It would fall apart like fusion wouldn't happen. Like okay. the, the gravity and like atoms wouldn't be able to function the way that atoms function. Okay. So like like some some like some of the stuff I was I was reading was like certain types of hydrogen couldn't form and those those types of hydrogen are necessary for fusion to happen mm -hmm. in a star. And then some of some of it is like literally atoms wouldn't stick together to the point where like it would just be protons and neutrons and electron in a soup and it would just be this soup of nothing yeah. would that happen if it's soup increased or decreased <laughs> it's the, it, like one thing happens if it increases and another thing happens it. if it decreases so yeah. if i think if it decreases everything's just a soup mm -hmm. and then if it increases everything. then then like fusion like stars burn out instantaneously basically which would be Ooh. like a really fast way for everything to end we'd see that one coming though probably right we yeah we <laughs> well no we would also probably collapse we'd uh, <laughs> what would happen it, it might yeah i think that i think that i'm not sure actually i think probably we would all die instantaneously but maybe we'd get a signal from a satellite or not get a signal from a satellite oh. and be like the satellite's gone right before we all oh. died it's uh, it's unclear. Like like basically, if a constant changes, it would probably change everywhere in the universe at the same time. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so so if the strong force <sighs> being exactly where it needs to be is necessary for like you to be 
a physical object, then mm-hmm. it would just happen to everything at the same time. But if it, the problem is just that all the stars would burn out, maybe we'd be able to be like, I feel a little weird right before we all die. <laughs> oh, I hope not. <laughs> what happens if we turn into soup? Is it just like the universe is just like a dense cloud of It something? would be a not dense cloud of okay. nothing. Okay. It would be a sparse cloud of things pushing each other away. Whoa. You know how in Star Trek, the... Um, the replicator mm-hmm. is hooked up to like an alternate dimension full of matter. I, I did not know that. That's how the Star Trek replicator. <laughs> I think it works. teleports stuff from some kind, of like, some kind of like some kind of like pocket dimension of matter. What? I just thought that they had like a big cube like of a, st- of like yeah. stuff. Like He's getting his phone out like this matters. <laughs> toner cartridge. It matters to me. It's the only science. Did <laughs> you say a toner cartridge? <laughs> yeah. What's a toner cartridge? A toner you know, cartridge. A toner. Oh, cartridge. a toner. Oh. Ca- <laughs> like a yeah, like a printer. Yeah, that's what I imagine. That yeah. it was. It's or like you a thought printer. like atonement, like an atoner cartridge. I heard. What are you thinking? Toner. Like it was something from Starcraft or something. A toner. You have to like reload your ketchup cartridge. Yes. You should make a fictional printer with a toner cartridge. <laughs> <laughs> to me, there is a room in on the Enterprise that's just a bunch of of carbon and hydrogen and <laughs> nitrogen and whatever tea is made yeah. out of, and then uh, and then it just like beams that out of the of that cube. Or it just collects it from the interstellar medium as it travels. Could it could like a big ramjet? Yeah, just, like, sucks in the the atoms and then it's like, hey, he wants some tea now. But you got to put it someplace. Yeah, that's true. Unless unless they're going fast enough that they're just constantly collecting all that That's good good replicator juice. You go at light speed. <laughs> what do they do? Warp speed? Warp drive? <laughs> yeah, man. We well, so anyway, my anyway. scary thought was, Which is, what if we turned into the galaxy of just raw right. matter that they were tapping into? Maybe Ooh, we already are. Maybe sometimes science. they like Captain Picard asked for some tea and like you just lose a little bit of weight. <laughs> yes, it comes out all of us. Oh no. Oh, <laughs> we're Earl Grey now in Captain Picard's belly. Oh no, he drank us. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. He's he hot. Do, he can do whatever he needs to do as long as it keeps him going. That's right. He's got a. He's got a track. <laughs> he has many lives that he's taking care of. It's true. Mm. He's an important man. Yeah, yeah. More important than me. <laughs> Sam's ready to sacrifice himself for fucking Captain Picard over here. But anyway, yeah. it's Stefan's yeah, turn. I think that's fine. Uh, I think unless anybody have any dif- additional questions about my, I discovered this thing about the universe and got afraid that maybe somebody was going to change the, <laughs> the universal constants and thus everything would fall apart. Well, I just had a thought because we talk about like if the sun disappears, it's like eight minutes until mm. we notice because the like it's traveling light at speed. the speed of light. Yeah. And I... And I liked the idea of if you change the constant that propagates from one point where the constant changed and it can only propagate at the speed of light oh yeah because that constant didn't change yeah I don't know that seems I don't think that that's how constants work though they don't move around I agree I just like the idea I also like the idea that there's like a parameter in a computer somewhere that basically says atoms stick together (laughs) it's so weird like that one thing I read a book once that that said, if you want to look for God anywhere in the universe, Ugh. that's where that's where Adam's supremely creeping me out. Is <laughs> that that sentence? No, yeah, I just hate thinking about that kind of universal constant thing, where it's just yeah. like some kind of math is keeping us here <laughs> from yeah. disintegrating. Please, we run please keep math. working. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. like all of our stuff in our bodies. Uh, it's all probability. Like yeah. we like saying that molecules want oh, yeah. to bind or react with each other, but it's just it's chance. Everything is chance. Yeah, but chance uh, is 
fact at yeah. a certain level. Because <laughs> like prob- probabilistically, like all of the molecules yeah. in the room could leave. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then we just suffocate mm. and die. Yeah. But... I worry about that all the time. Like, <laughs> like Adam's going to split in my head and my head will just explode Ooh. and take the city with like... me. Whoa, shit. I don't want it That's to happen. Like, Leave now. Yeah. <laughs> Go to the middle of nowhere. Okay, I will. <laughs> Sam's people, unstable. Yeah, we worry about like cancer, but <laughs> some yeah. people worry about heads exploding. And yeah. all because you tried to serve yourself an ice cream sandwich when you were five. Like yeah, a weirdo all that on the- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I'll do this idea justice, so maybe cut this out. But uh, <laughs> the, the idea that like if you re-roll the universe a number enough times, that like. Some like the constants and all of that. Like there are some number of combinations mm-hmm. that will result in right. something. Yeah, and like we would only arise in those. Right. It's not really a scientific idea because it's it's an idea that yeah. just sort of makes good sense, but is impossible to test for. Right. But that is where I sort of come to is like this universe. To me, if it's that specific, it seems like it must be the product of some kind of natural selection. That like universes happen and then, but the ones that sort of like don't have certain properties either go away or nothing interesting happens in them. Yeah. And like we're in one of the ones where interesting things happen. Um, I guess it's interesting. That's, so that that is how I feel, but it's like not an easy thing to test for. You guess this is an interesting universe? Yeah. Get off my show. <laughs> no. That's the whole fucking point. We spend all of our lives thinking up more interesting universes. So this must not be. <laughs> what? No, Star Wars is this universe. Star Trek yeah, is yeah, this yeah. universe. I think Those this universe is interesting. I just wanted to be contrary. Only fantasy books are different universes. I want to live in the Pokemon universe where Ooh. all the wars are settled by Pokemon battles. <laughs> that would be great. I mean, I, think I agree with you. Yeah. We should talk to North Korea about that. I want to know like, if the US versus North Korea is going to happen in the Pokemon universe, uh-huh. what are our Pokemon? Well, I'm just going to go out on a limb and say that maybe ours are bigger and stronger. <sighs> We got the three starters from the original generation. We got all Why three. Did we get we all got three. shit. Because it's got to be six on six battle, like Pokemon. Yeah, standard yeah. Rules. No. North Korea's got like all. Weedle or something. No, uh, they have <laughs> Steelix and Onyx, Kakuna, and I advocate myself from this conversation <laughs> yeah. being thirty-seven years old. Pokemon happened happened after me. You know, I mean, who I'm they referencing are, the original Pokemon. Pokemon so. happened after me in America, anyway. Okay, okay so let's talk about apocalypses. <laughs> uh, <laughs> So one of the things that uh, is bad about climate change is uh, ocean acidification. Yeah. And so this is more like the end of the world for coral, question mark? Essentially, like more CO2 into the ocean lowers the pH. And we've, in the news in the last couple of years, like the Great Barrier Reef has has been in the news for uh, experiencing like a coral bleaching event. And that's been an ongoing Issue. I once brought this up to somebody who thought that somebody was literally taking bleach and pouring oh. on the corals like as an act of defiance. And oh, I was wow. like, I have to, I have to like, like rewind the conversation a little bit before. <laughs> and I just don't real, really how to get you out of this, but like we're going to do it. <laughs> we're going to go through it together and it's going to be okay. I can see wow. how that's a mistake because they like yeah. the coral turns yeah. white and, and you they're think bleaching. I mean, and yes. they use the phrase bleaching. Bleaching. Yeah. yeah. Or like there was a chemical spill or something, like a yeah. bleach tank. No, he thought that people were doing it because it 
looked better. Oh. <laughs> oh no. Huh. Which is the opposite. Huh. Weird. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it you have way to be worse. supremely rude to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Rude. Well, I mean, like frankly, we are humans. <laughs> yeah. So I could see how I see how you might make the mistake. We do do some pretty mean stuff <laughs> yeah, sometimes so. to mm-hmm. plants and animals and whatever coral are, both of those things, I think. It's just so yeah. complicated. Well, so this yeah. is an interesting thing that I didn't realize about coral was that the coral in the Great Barrier Reef are like there's a symbiosis between the coral and an algae. Mm-hmm. And so part of what's happening is as the pH goes lower, the coral is getting stressed. Uh, and also because the ocean, the, the the hot ocean is also stressing them out. But that causes them to shoot the algae out. And the algae is important because it photosynthesizes and provides energy for the coral. Uh, and I just thought that was cool. I had no idea. Why do they um, shoot the algae out? Uh, that it, I don't know exactly why, just but it's hot. You know, sometimes yeah. you get it's hot a, and you're just like, get out of the bed. Yeah. Like, okay. I can't <laughs> sure. cuddle right now. <laughs> they, they said it's a short term survival strategy. I don't know exactly how that helps them survive in the short term, but hmm. if the, if the, like, mm. the issues persist, then the coral just dies because it starves. But there are cold water corals, um, that live up to 2,000 meters down hmm. and they don't, have a symbiotic relationship. They feed on plankton. Um, I didn't know that. Psh. I didn't know that. Holy fucking science. Oh, yeah. All right. I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so a lot of these corals have um, used aragonite to build their skeletons. So oregano. Yes. Calcium. They use oregano. <laughs> like a pizza. Uh, oregonite? Aragonite? Aragonite. Did I say, what did I say? You, you I said think that. you said aragonite. You said oh, okay. aragonite, yeah. Okay. So in seawater, there's a boundary called the aragonite saturation horizon. And above that, the seawater is saturated with uh, aragonite, which is a, a calcium carbonate ion. Okay. And so in, in those conditions, the, the coral can thrive and it builds up their exoskeleton, whatever. But- Below that horizon, it's not saturated. And so part of what they're seeing is that that horizon is becoming shallower and shallower over time because of the acidification. And if it passes where these coral live, then they basically just dissolve. Um, right. Which is not the, great. The ocean is no longer saturated with aragonite. Yeah. So like the the corals themselves start to get in, go into solution to bring well, that yes. saturation up. Yes. It's like they're constantly changed. To get changed. the saturation. It's like the constant change. Damn. Yeah, the constant except change. Except it's not constant because it's the ocean. And yeah. Nothing. Very nothing little change. Is constant. <laughs> Look, I took a swing, all right? I, I took a swing. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds similar. That's okay. We're not on the science couch over yeah. here. So, uh, <laughs> but so, yeah. So they measured in one area of the North Atlantic that horizon was moving at 10 to 15 meters per year. Whoa. Oh. That seems um, like a lot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it and it plays in with the 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 global conveyor belt which is just like the, the ocean currents moving water in kind mm-hmm. of a cyclical pattern around the world and that's not distributing as much aragonite and but basically they think based on modeling using the they call it the business as usual model for climate change um which is like a doubling of carbon in the next few decades. Like if we don't change anything that yeah. we're doing and continue to build yep. up. Okay. That would cause that layer to move uh, a kilometer to one to 1.7 kilometers shallower over the next 30 years. And how 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 deep is this layer? Uh, I actually don't know where it is Didn't right now. Didn't you say now, that it was 2,000 meters the, down? The corals live up to 2,000 meters down. Okay. So I, it must be below that 
right okay. now. How deep is the ocean? <laughs> How Very? deep is the ocean? I actually, it's pretty deep. Okay. How deep is the ocean in it, the deep, deep, the well, Marianas Trench? It depends on, yeah, where you're looking. It can vary a whole bunch. I feel like there's a song that I'm thinking of. How deep is How my deep love? Is Average depth of the ocean, 12,000 feet. How many kilometers is that? That's like five kilometers. Okay. It is 3.6. I was wrong. Okay. <laughs> but not not that was wildly like, wrong. That was way better than I could estimate. I cannot do units. Yeah. Uh-huh. That's because Stefan runs sometimes, I assume. <laughs> but yeah, that's the main point is just that uh, sad times for corals and like even the corals that are safe from coral bleaching because they don't have these algae are also going to die from ocean acidification uh, because it is bad. Boo. We're talking about a lot of stuff that makes me sad today. Yeah. Well, what the you, good what news is that we'll from... be fine. Well, yeah. it's yeah. not like the entire universe is going to blink out in an I mean, instant. Well, which would also well, kill all the corals. Yeah. So, psh. yeah, that's true. No <laughs> Your apocalypse basically would is oh like way God. less epic than mine. His, Yours is made up. Is, yeah, his is actually bitch. happening. <laughs> 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 that was a good point. <laughs> does the algae die too, or does it just kind of like float around in the acidified ocean? I'm not sure. But what it did say is, if the coral dies, I don't know if it's the same algae, or a, I assume it's a different algae which like takes over the area so that the coral can't re yeah it can't like repopulate oh. after oh god huh. yeah so. i feel like too much or too little algae will also be a huge problem for the end mm. of the world cuz like there's It's too... pretty important. Yeah, it's pretty important. If it goes away, we lose like more than half of our photosynthetic yeah. oxygen stuff going yeah. on. I guess cyanobacteria too. But if there's too much of it, they could just cover the whole surface of the ocean and nothing below would get anything. Yeah, maybe. that'd be bad. Would Probably smell be, bad, too. Yeah, it'd be like those, <laughs> those algae blooms that are look really gross uh-huh. and people think are like alien blobs floating in the ocean. That would just be everywhere. Would it smell like we were in a gross swimming pool all the time? Worse, probably. Probably like sort of Yellowstone-y, maybe. Oh. It used to be that like these, like the entire Earth's oceans were all covered in these huge bacterial mats. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. ugh. Like, <laughs> that's cool and everything, but Earth must have smelled so bad. <laughs> and it was really slimy. Yeah. Don't, I don't want to touch it. We're going to we're gonna find our first like like planet with life on it and we'll be like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. I, I didn't know what I wanted. Oh, this yeah. isn't it. <laughs> if it's, it's just like, a planet of cockroaches. Oh, God. It's gotta, I think no. a planet of bacterial mats is worse than a planet of cockroaches. You yeah. just Maybe. let you land and you're like, get back on this spaceship. Especially but the mats don't it's scurry. So it's slimy. scurrying. <laughs> it'll smell so bad, too, because if they're anaerobic, yeah. it'll be all methane. Oh, in the just methane and yeah. sulfur. Sulfur. And- I almost yeah. talked oh, about God. that for this. There's a Ooh. time when uh, in the, uh, the Earth was like that, and then for oxygen, a long time, for a long billion time, billion years or so, and then some at some point photosynthetic organisms appeared, and then oxygen populated the atmosphere, and almost everything died. Yeah, it was a huge extinction. Yeah, it was like one of the <laughs> very first. It was good. It turned out okay for, <laughs> for us. Yeah, it's fine. then we ended up <laughs> here. Great. Yeah, and oxygen. All the fart plants died. All the no. fart plants died, and that Poor fart caused plants. an ice age. And <laughs> whoa, cool! Uh, <laughs> the snowball Earth. <laughs> yeah. Stupid so plants. <laughs> do we just need to be farting more to cause the next ice age? Well, we don't want to switch back to anaerobic organisms because no. then we'll die. <sighs> And other if they call that ice age the snowball earth, can they call the period before that the fartball earth? Ooh. Probably. 
I think that they can. I, I think, think they, they do now. Because we're the ones in charge now. Yeah. yeah. That's all <laughs> scientists do. They make words want. up. That's, yeah. that's the thing, is that like, we're the science namers now. <laughs> and really all you have to do is say that. Like, we have a science show. We can basically be like, and the scientists call it the fartball earth. And everybody will be like, okay. Ooh, okay, and then Wikipedia will change <laughs> yeah. instantly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. That's, how, that's how it happens We're now. the science makers. And a lot of the people who name this stuff were eating like, Weird stuff, and their brains probably had all kinds of diseases because it was a long time ago. Oh, Our yeah. brains are working right, and we're eating healthy. <laughs> That's so right. We can name stuff way better. I'm sure you could find like a new virus and name it whatever you wanted. There's the so many ball. of them. Sam. Yeah, you could I'm definitely name a virus the fartball. <laughs> fartball Sam. Yeah. yeah. Fartball Sam. <laughs> wow. I'm changing the name of viruses to Sams. <laughs> no. Oh no! Why would you want viruses? You could like, pick bunnies. They're all over the place. I'll live much. forever. It could be like Sam One, Stefan One. Ooh, I like that. <laughs> That, the, we're a the two S's of will be a no, problem. No, the two S's too confusing. You no, can't have S one, no. S two. Because it's not just you S1, can be. S2. You can be Hank one, Stefan one. We'll be Sam one, Sari one, oh, or whatever. Okay. Oh, battle the viruses. Battle. Yeah. Viruses can't infect each other. Is a true fact. Okay, so oh, we're friends. True. Yeah. You guys can be the bacteria. We'll be a virus and infect you. <laughs> yeah. Oh no! Oh no! Well, we could compete yeah. for the same resources. Uh, not really. Bacteria basically need an organism, mm. or viruses need an organism to infect, or else mm-hmm. they can't do their thing. Well, what I found out on a SciShow script last week, uh, influenza A has count them eight genes. Mm. Eight. <laughs> that is just not a lot. How many do we have? Well, I don't like a billion. <laughs> yeah, many. <laughs> cool. Tens of thousands, maybe. Huh. Yeah, eight genes. HIV has nine. Huh. But they, yeah, they so they hijack the cellular machinery of other organisms yeah. to to create themselves. I feel like we could fix it then. You'd think. You think. But and yet we just continue yeah. to get influenza and HIV. Poop. <laughs> All right, Sam, what's up? Okay, wait. <laughs> All right. So, the end of the world, you might think like an asteroid or a super virus or nuclear war, but kind of like you said, there's little ends of the world happening all over the place uh-huh. for things that don't really know any better than to think of themselves as the whole world. Right, like is, Michael Stipe. Yeah, like Michael Stipe. <laughs> Why is that? Because he wrote the song, The End it's of the, the World as We Know It, and I feel fine. But his thing was actually about the world ending. Well, never mind. <laughs> I don't know. He seemed to feel fine about it. He he was okay. But I have a little parable for you Okay. before I go into this. Oh, <laughs> Story time with Sam. Yeah. Diane is a millennial. She works a very stressful job with long hours, often doing combined what would have been the jobs of several people in previous generations just to barely keep herself fed and contribute to a society that will crumble regardless of what she does. The older people around her blame the crumbling of society on her perceived laziness. Yeah, on avocado toast and stuff like that. I do love avocado toast. But really, the rules of the game have changed and neither the young people or the old people really understand that. And they're just blaming each other until everything falls apart. Mm -hmm. Diane is a worker bee in a hive suffering from colony collapse. I don't like this. Here's why. In 2015, researchers uh, released a study that showed that bees suff- in colonies suffering from colony collapse uh, start foraging for food younger, complete less missions to get food, mm. and often die on their first mission to get food. Mm. And that is because all the old bees are dead and sick, so they have to, like, Usually it's two or three weeks before a bee will go out to gather food, but it's way less time than that. They're finding in sick hives, so they're not very good at it, 
And so they'll go out and they'll die instantly or they'll like tire themselves out way before they should. So then there aren't any more worker bees and all the old bees die. Mm. They can't find as much food also because that's like one of the things that causes colony collapses. It's harder to find food. So all the old bees die and all the younger bees die and then there's just no hive anymore. Why don't all the old bees work? Because they're sick. (laughs) Because they're sick and dying. Why don't they just get the heck out of there and stop eating honey? They stop. Get out. Go. Leave. I don't know, man. Ask society. They're just like mooching off the. Yeah. They sucked up all the resources. (laughs) They took all the stuff out of the out of the world that they live in, and now they're mad at the younger bees for not being able to (laughs) to do their thing. Well, the bees aren't mad, but (laughs) if the bees were people, they would be very. So this is how the apocalypse of uh, colonies of of bee colonies happens. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it exacerbates it, and now they study the age of the worker bees like that's one marker mm. to see if something is suffering from colony nice. collapse because yeah. I guess you don't really know until the colony until collapses maybe? right that's one of the that's one of the things about colony collapses it kind of <clears throat> seems like everything's okay until suddenly it's mm. not yeah yeah and yeah and the old bees don't work I don't know what they're sick with but it seems like from the article there are certain illnesses that are the colony collapse diseases got mm-hmm. it mm. and it's more like colony collapse is a combination of lots of different things instead of yeah. Like one thing. And this is one of those things. Do they get like just real tired? I think mostly they just die. <laughs> okay. I think they just die and the old generation's <clears throat> gone or they get real tired and they just like stay in the hive all day. <laughs> <laughs> they just and watch too much CNN. Fox News. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> both. Both, both are both. symptoms of the same problem. That's man. right. Yeah, and then they argue with each other on Twitter. Oh, and it's just no. like, guys, there's there's, there's pollen needs collected. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was scary and kind of like I echoed. don't but like I don't I can't I can't get behind us thinking that this is this is that applicable to our society. I think it's super applicable to our I society. I think it's a good I think it's a good parable. Mm-hmm. But I think that I don't think that we're in the midst of colony collapse, please. Oh. Cross my crossing my fingers. Mm. I think we are. Do you guys feel like you have to, says your boss, have to work too much? <laughs> I guess you kind of are. Yeah. Doing the job of a bunch of different people. Mm-hmm. Me and Caitlin were talking about this the other day. Things are just easier to do now than they used to be. That is part in of In this particular field. Yeah. I feel like as the team sizes have expanded, each team <clears throat> becomes, it just becomes smoother. Mm-hmm. And you also want to, like when it's just me and Caitlin and, uh, Lou, the original three, like, yeah, like it doesn't matter. Like, we're just gonna work as much as we need to to get it done. But as if we double or triple the size of the team, then it's mm-hmm. like you can spread things out and uh, and make and you want to set a good example for right the people other for the employees. young bees. Yeah, the young bees to not to not burn themselves <clears throat> out, and just go just around. die on their first <laughs> pollen yeah. collection mission. Yeah, <laughs> that would be so mm-hmm. sad. It would I feel be really bad for the bees. Because they're like babies yeah. and they're like, I guess I got to go get I got to go out into the, uh, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah. The wind blew. I died. Oh, no. I'll never find my way back now. When they get, do bees teach each other how to collect? Does this happen to our employees? Do they ever get like blown out and then they just can never find their way back? Do, have, we had a, Whoa, have we ever had anyone that? get lost in the woods and just never find their way home? Yeah, maybe now I that you mentioned it. I haven't seen in a couple of days. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> now that you mentioned it, maybe there are people I just forgot about. <laughs> I guess you could fall in the river. There's lots of dangers between here and it's home. True, you can fall right, right into the river. <laughs> There's a train track yeah. and the rivers. We're in the most dangerous part of town. 
<laughs> I'm more worried about the, the trucks and the cars and the yeah. plows. That too. They slip, slip in front of a plow and they never find you again. Oh, God. Oh, my God. Oh. I think everybody I would see all the blood that came behind you. <laughs> I think they would find you. If you're buried yeah. under enough snow, maybe not. Yeah, a lot of snow. When it melted, though. When it melted. Mm-hmm. That's like if the river froze over, you could like cut a hole in the ice, stick a body in there, get carried away. Jesus. Sari, <laughs> 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 Sari, for some reason, knows how to hide a body real well. well. Butte, yeah, I don't know. We thought about it in school. That was a thing that you did. In Butte, it's easy to hide a body. Not that I would. Oh, ever you have see, done. you thought about oh, sure. it too. You just throw yeah. them down the shaft. There's open mine shafts. In oh, okay. No yeah. one's gonna go down there mm-hmm. ever, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, I wonder how many people are down there. None. You don't think because so? Because murder is a bad. <laughs> it <laughs> it <is> a, happens <laughs> though. It does yeah. happen. But usually, especially in Butte, what's like a big union town. I think. Well, yeah. Okay. So I think murder obviously happens a lot, but mostly murder happens, and it's like I did not plan for this to happen. Yeah. But in like a union town, maybe if mm-hmm. there's like. Somebody's gone, done the wrong, and then it's like, well, they did let me bad. introduce you to the, they did a bad, mm-hmm. so I'm going to do a bad back to you, yeah. and the bad is this mine shaft that you now are at the bottom of. Well, you got to get rid of it somehow. If you do it in the heat of the moment, there's going right. to be a heat after, a moment after the heat of the moment, I guess. where you're like, whoop. <laughs> they like have fences though, so like kids don't walk up to them. People have keys. You can get into those things. somebody's got a key yeah all right well you know Mm -hmm. i guess somebody's probably written a mystery novel about that yeah (laughs) i don't think this would ever happen but if i ever accidentally murder someone i feel like i just need to turn myself in immediately as soon as possible sure because if you're a freaking dork i'm such a bad liar that like (laughs) i'm gonna be like (laughs) i'll just like see a cop and i'll be like ah <laughs> yeah. I killed someone. You'd wait. <laughs> Hello, no, I mean, Mr. Like, not Officer. only is that like the thing you would do, but also the right thing, probably ultimately for no, your for karma, Sam. Well, that's not what TV's taught me. I just, I think, I think like, yeah, you gotta it's, fess up, man. I, I, either that, or you gotta like leave. And never, <laughs> come, never back. come back. Just be like, I need a new life. I'm gonna. Bank I on now life. live on a fisher yacht. <laughs> It's a yacht that also is for fishing. Yeah. <laughs> it's also in the shape of a fisher, it's which is a kind of mam- mammal. Oh. Whoa! Like it's a, awesome. What is a like fisher? A mustelid. It looks like it's like a it's like a like oh, kind of a weasel. Yeah, a oh. Look at thing. Really cute, but teeth. <laughs> yeah, it's long. They'll always long, get you. Furry, cute teeth. Yeah, yeah. that's like oh, every mammal. Lots of teeth. Yeah, that is almost oh. every mammal. Cute, but teeth. Mm, needle teeth. <laughs> like, teeth. Oh, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, full circle. Sari, it's your turn. Oh, wow. Uh, (laughs) I have two ideas. I'm going to talk about one of them because I don't know particle physics either, and I don't want to try and jump into it. We already already did did too much particle physics. We covered it. Uh, We covered all the particle physics that ever exists. Um, So I'm going to talk about viruses. There's a lot of fear that the world is going to end with a super virus, and it's Mm. actually caused some debates in the scientific community about whether we should even be studying viruses to prepare for pandemics. And I think that's really, really interesting. So the idea being like the balance between knowing more about them to prepare for them versus we're going to know so much about them that people will figure out how to do this. Yes, exactly. Like we are going to figure out how to create a virulent strain that can kill a lot of humans. Mm. And people are going to take that information and then use it to kill a bunch of humans. Oh. Or it's going to accidentally get out of the lab and mm. cause mass destruction. Andromeda strain. Yeah. 
There's a book. What did you say? There's a book. Andromeda strain? Oh. Uh-huh. Is that what turns you into a, a vampire? No, I think you just die. Okay. That's Omega Man. Bleed That's up. what I'm thinking of. <laughs> <laughs> uh, these, this doesn't turn you into a vampire, but it is a virus that exists in the world. It's the H5N1 virus, also known mm. as avian flu. Also uh-huh. known as Stefan 1 Sam 1. <laughs> Stefan 5 Sam 1. Shit. So this virus is already kind of scary because it's highly infectious and it's a bad respiratory disease in birds. Uh-huh. And what's especially scary to humans is the fact that if it gets into humans, usually by people who are like tending to chickens or geese, uh, it has a really, really high mortality rate. I think the statistics I read was like the the Spanish flu pandemic. It killed somewhere between, I want to make sure I get the percentage right, like two and three percent of people. But that was a really bad one. It was really bad. It killed at least 50 million people, but the mortality rate was like between 2 and 3%. Yeah. The avian flu doesn't infect a lot of people. Um, so like in 2003, there was an outbreak that infected 587 people, but it killed 346 ah. of them. So like it killed nearly 60% of yeah. the people that oh. it infected, wow. even though it didn't infect a bunch of people. What year was that? 2003 Jeez. in Thailand. Ugh. Um, I remember that. Yeah. I don't. I was, I, uh, I was barely alive. Jesus. <laughs> That's not true. It's not true. You remember that, too. It was on the news. <laughs> barely. <laughs> like in high school. Yeah. I sometimes think that I wasn't really conscious until I was like 25. Uh, I kind of. I'm not conscious I, yet. <laughs> yeah. No. I think you hit the threshold. Yeah. The thing is, the me. thing is that yeah. Sari has done so much more than any of us have done in her age. <laughs> no. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Sari, when you're like 35, you're going to be. Yeah. I don't even know. I can't even conceive. <laughs> She's going to turn into pure light. <laughs> <laughs> What? Beep boop. Beep like boop. a robot. Beep. Like a robot. You know. Yeah. She went speak. to MIT. She knows what robots sound like. Yeah, I'm speaking this new language. Yeah. I'm speaking beep. the robot language. Hey, beep boop. Hey, beep boop. Uh, Boston Dynamics robots. <laughs> so I opened a door. Yeah. Shit. Come oh. chill with me. And uh, doing a backflip. Oh, Don't man. kick the dog. If yeah. they're if they had kick you back. If they were capable of thought, they'd be so impressed with how we can open doors so good. <laughs> <laughs> the Boston Dynamics robots just be like. Whoa. Shit, that was so fast. <laughs> Wait, do it again. Yeah. You can pick up that box and then that object. No QR code. Oh. That box isn't the same size as that box. Yeah. How did you do it? But anyway, so that makes H5- me feel better. <laughs> H5N1, uh, very deadly if it gets in humans. Yeah. But the thing is, is it can't be transmitted that we know of between humans. Oh. Like it is a animal to human transmission. Uh, mm-hmm. So it's bad if a bunch of birds have it because then humans can get it. But if you're like an infected human is near another infected human, the virus can't jump. Interesting. As far as we know. Yeah. That's good. So just hmm. stop uh, snogging all those chickens. Yeah, basically. Kill that was how all they, the birds. That was how they got rid of it one time. Well, that is what they did. They killed all the birds. But like a big fear is that at some point in time, it's going to mutate enough so that it can jump in between humans and it will cause like the worst pandemic the world has ever seen or one of the mm-hmm. worst because it has such a high mortality rate. There's probably not, and we don't have like a good treatment for it. So people are just probably going to die. And there was a researcher in 2012, I want to say. He published papers and or was going to publish papers in around 
2011 and 2012, who studied the H5N1 virus in ferrets. And basically what he wanted to do is figure out how it can be transmitted in mammals. And basically what he did was uh, mutate the virus a bunch. And there are ways in labs that you can cause genetic mutations. So he like tried to cause a bunch of mutations in the virus then squirted it into the nose of a ferret mm. and then took that nose Ugh. juice and squirted it into the nose of another uh. ferret and then just kept like squirting it between noses. No. Um, and eventually he got a strain of it that would infect ferrets across the lab without the nasal squirt. So it was being transmitted through the air and ah. infecting a bunch of ferrets. No. Huh. Why? Uh, and he, he knows science. Yeah. <laughs> if you're if you're a, like a virus researcher, this is like totally normal shit. Mm-hmm. And you're just like, oh yeah, that's what you do. You want to figure out what it does and then study the mutations. And so what he found oh, was, uh, like Hank said, there were only eight genes in this virus. It's an influenza A virus. God. There were only five genetic changes oh, in oh. two of the virus's eight genes. So two of the genes had five little mutations in them. In this one that could be passed through the air. No. And each no. mutation had already been found circulating naturally in influenza viruses. They'd just never been combined mm. into one single virus before. Uh, <laughs> and that was the reaction of the scientific community. Everyone was like, stop, see, stop, 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 stop. Holy see. shit, yeah. Why did you do this? And this is why there was a huge uprising in the scientific community because we we don't really have this kind of regulation to my knowledge. Like there's a national science advisory board for biosecurity. Um, and I think the last big thing that they reviewed was stuff related to the anthrax bacterium. Is it bacteria? I think it's bacteria. I thought it was a fungus too. Maybe. Some kind of anthrax. spiky little balls. <laughs> Did you see <laughs> pictures? I think it's spiky little balls. Yeah, bacillus anthracis. Okay. AKA spiky ball. Yeah. AKA spiky balls. That's Latin for spiky balls. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, he discovered that this is something that probably could happen naturally with enough time and with enough yeah. mutations. And so it seems like something we should be studying. So it seems like something we should be studying. And this got picked up by the news media, and people were really scared because it's like, well, if it can be transmitted between ferrets, can't it be transmitted between humans mm. too? Like, what is the. It's it's in mammals now. It's let's not in not birds. Let's not find out. Yeah, let's not find out. Um, and so I think in January 2012, influenza virus researchers from around the world announced a pause of 60 days of all research involving highly pathogenic avian flu virus. They were basically like, everyone is freaking out, so we're just going to take a nap for two months. <laughs> That's it. Let people Everybody settle. D- Man, I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. I think we should do that. For Facebook. Just be like, mm. two months off Facebook, everybody. Yeah. Just no Facebook uh. for two months. See how it goes. Yep. And then everybody who looks at Facebook gets a two months vacation. Oh, everybody yeah. stops spending money. And we just don't. No Facebook for two months. Mm-hmm. I'll just take a little bit of break. Take oh. a breath. And come back. Oh, and we're just now. And we're just much. I like Just that. a little bit of temperance. Mm-hmm. I love Twitter. But if Twitter was gone for two months, my I would read so many more books. Yeah. <laughs> I would I would totally find some other way to waste that time. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but maybe a healthier way. Yeah. yeah. Uh, People so start good. playing browser-based flash games again or something. Oh yeah, go, to, <laughs> go back to Newgrounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so after the 60 days, they basically used that time. They napped some, but also uh, <laughs> used it to compile basically, like let it settle for a little bit and yeah. compile all that they knew about mm. like the public health benefits of the work. Basically, they probably did a lot of research and writing during it mm-hmm. um, and described like 
this guy just didn't stick viruses and ferrets willy nilly. He went through a lot of governmental hoops. He had a lot of like advisory boards to get funding to do this to like make sure the virus was uh, not dangerous enough that it wouldn't like mm-hmm. completely kill everything. Um, like there's all these biosafety laws that researchers who are working with really dangerous mm-hmm. contaminants have to do. So basically, what they did is they like gathered up all this evidence, and th- I don't think that anything new has been created out of it, which is weird to me. I think that, I don't know, we should have more concern about this. (laughs) But basically people are like, okay, let's resume research on H5N1. I don't, there haven't been any papers published to my knowledge, like detailing exactly what they did to mutate it to this strain so that anyone's concerns that someone would copy it and maliciously uh, aren't Mm -hmm. real fears. But basically... There's a bunch of scientists now being like, we need an advisory board of people to make sure that anyone who does this research is doing it in such a way that all of these fears aren't necessary. Yeah. Like, this is really important research because if it suddenly mutates into mammals, which clearly it's not very far away from doing, we have uh, enough knowledge to be able to fight it or like yeah. work on it to build a vaccine or things like that. If this, ha- if but, that happens, though, are we? Yeah. Is it just like? over or is there or is there like i mean you, i don't know if you know yeah. this but it seems to me like if half the people die mm-hmm. that this, like it's not like oh well the population's halved it's like everyone dies because <laughs> then you don't have any of the people to do all the things that people do yeah. mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i thought of this earlier which is the question is like what's the threshold of people that have to be infected or die from a thing and i'm sure it depends on how contagious it is but like do we have some sense of like, like if 10% of the people are infected and are super contagious, is that enough to like create a runaway ep- epidemic? Oh, yeah. Is it? 10% definitely. Okay. Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah, I don't know. Um, You've played Pandemic. You know how Only the good one. <laughs> where you're the good guys. Yeah, my point is that like you don't need all the people to die for all the people to die. Yeah. Like only a certain number of people have to die from flu before right. like we... It becomes quite hard to feed yeah. the rest and of then us. And we just kill each other. Stuff around and stuff. Yeah. Shaving cream or whatever. Kill each other with yeah. shaving cream. Water. I think I'll stop shaving <laughs> yeah. before I do that. But water, yeah, I'd yeah. kill you for oh, water. Oh, yeah, you need an apocalypse beard for sure. Oh, yeah. Gotta if, stay warm. If, um, <laughs> if there's a global super pandemic, mm-hmm. can we stop coming to work? <laughs> I mean, probably what would happen yeah. is uh, we'd put you like like you'd have to do some more necessary work. And you might have to end uh, up being like a truck driver, you're gonna chop or a wood farmer. Sand. I've already been a wood truck chopper. driver. It's I can so teach you boring. how to pipette, and you can research with me. <laughs> okay, I want to do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Ooh, if there's a global pandemic, can we can we pivot into research lab? Ooh, we can do. It. I have BL two clearance. I did. Well, what is that? Sari once had BL2 clearance. <laughs> Sari had oh, clearance. Okay. We'll just do it in the hermit crab room. I don't even know yeah, if it's we can called change BL. It. We can sweep all the hermit crabs out and be like, we got more important stuff yeah. to do. I'm sorry. I all worked with cancer yeah. cells. That's like oh. not very yeah. intensive. It's fine. It's like slight. So there's like one through four. Four is like you. Yeah. Uh, this is a disease that doesn't. Yeah. We got a we got a level four lab in four. Hamilton, I think. Or we used to. Yeah. Oh. It's still open. Four is like things that can't be cured. Are those like in the middle of nowhere? Usually, those kind of labs? No. No. I don't know why that one's in Hamilton. (laughs) It it is pretty in the middle of nowhere there. And it's weird to think that there's a bunch of, like, high-level scientists living in Hamilton. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Hamilton is a very small town for people who don't (laughs) live in Montana. Yeah. 
which is most people. Uh, <laughs> Almost so, all. So I'm a deranged multi-billionaire. Yeah. <laughs> and I had a state-of-the-art lab with like unscrupulous scientists. Could I yes. make this pretty easily? Hmm. I mean. I think you'd have to abduct a lot of humans. Yeah, you would have to abduct a lot of humans. Don't you would worry have about to... that. That's fine. Yeah, Stefan's got that taken care control. of. <laughs> if you were an unscrupulous person, you could probably create a virus that would be highly infectious. If you were a single unscrupulous scientist, could you do it? If you had a Probably. lot of money. If you had a lot of money. Okay. And you had a, like a way to acquire it and a way to acquire the right lab equipment. Because basically hmm. what it sounds like this person did is he just like took a virus that he knew was already pretty virulent and then mutated it a bunch mm-hmm. and then like just kept trying it. And Until so it started to work. That's like a lot of science is you have like hundreds and hundreds and thousands of failures and then one yeah. thing is actually infectious. Right. So mm. what you would need to do as an evil billionaire is like find an infectious virus or bacterium that you wanted to make worse and then like mutate it, infect people or whatever you want. Probably to infect start with ferrets yeah. because they're easier to get mm. than people. And then you'd move from <laughs> yeah. the, and then once you were killing the ferrets regularly, you'd start to, to put it in people mm. noses. Holy yeah. Shmally. And you'd have to, You'd have to get a bunch of people because they'd be dying some. and mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, you'd want to, like, see the effects in them. And so you could, like, take down, like, well, this person developed a fever but no brain hemorrhaging. And this person developed a heart attack. So then you look at the viruses in each of them. It's like, what mutation caused what? Symptoms. But it is the kind of thing that you could do with a laboratory of, like, 20 people and like and, like, a really unscrupulous government for sure, which is terrifying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm. seems likely, I guess, to me. Yeah. There's <laughs> but, a quote in one of these so... articles that was like, I'm not afraid of the end of the world caused by like a... Asteroid. Yeah, asteroid or things like that. I'm afraid of... They used Harvard, which I thought was funny, but like <laughs> some Harvard kid sitting in a dorm room who's bored and like sequen- like happens uh. to find the sequence of a super infectious virus yeah. and <sighs> make it. I'm so glad we ended on yours, Sari. The most credible threat to actually me. The most, like, deflating, horrifying. Screw the bees. I don't care about bees. (laughs) I don't want to die from a global super virus. I would much rather die from the universe suddenly disintegrating. Yeah, Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. That was my other one, was that the universe could be uh, all turned into strange matter and just, like, become strange matter but different in a different way than my way in a different way yeah it's just like (laughs) our current hypothesis of how strange matter works is that there's a particle that's made of like an up and a down and a strange quirk Mm -hmm. called lambda particle and it's too unstable so it breaks apart but I think there's a strange hypothesis right now uh, which is a cool name that if there are enough of them to make any particle with a strange quirk in it stable that it would become more stable the bigger it is and so if it got mm. big enough, like about the size of an estimated like a helium atom, then everything would just chain everything, reaction, yeah, become bump strange. Yeah, into it and then it was like, whoop. Yeah. And the what whole is universe that is that one what particle. strange, whatever. It's uh, a strange particle. So there, there are qu- different types of quarks. Hank wrote a song about them. <laughs> oh, okay, yeah. sing it for me. That's okay. Uh, there's a similar, yeah. I think a Kurt Vonnegut book maybe? Ice Nine. Ice yeah. Nine. Yeah, okay. it's like Ice Nine, but... Right. Uh, I don't think it's. I don't think scientists think it's super likely. I think. Well, Ice Nine also is not super yeah. likely. <laughs> ice Nine is honestly one of my biggest fears. But it's like Ice that. Nine is is Ice Nine is a kind of ice that become that other water that 
touches ice nine becomes ice even at high temperatures. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's a chain reaction. And so then everything on so if it ever touched Earth's anything in the universe or whatever, like suddenly on a all ice, all water <sighs> would be ice, and then you couldn't. Then you'd be dead because yeah. you'd be yeah. ice too. You'd be mm-hmm. ice too. Yeah, that's kind of like it. So like a proton is two ups and a down, mm-hmm. I think, and a neutron is two downs and an up quark altogether, and that's like nuclear matter. Uh, but then there are other quarks that can form particles, and they have in particle accelerators, like a lambda particle is an up, a down, and a strange. But they uh, only last for a little bit of time. They only last for a little okay. bit of time, and then they disintegrate, and then they become stable as nuclear matter. So mm-hmm. like right. become stable as normal protons and neutrons instead so of So the idea weird. is don't make this thing in the particle accelerator. Don't make it. It's called a strangelet, yeah, which please. I like a lot. Don't make any strange Stop, scientists. Just stop yeah. everything. <laughs> <laughs> You're saying that you could have destroyed the universe. Yeah. We know wow. everything we need to know. Okay. <laughs> no. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Thank anyway. you. Thank you for your terrifying apocalypse facts. We will be oh, back my. as a different podcast, but we will be back. Everything mm-hmm. has to die. At some point. It's true. To be reborn. The apocalypse yeah. of holy fucking science is now. Thank you for sticking with us through it, um, though it is not an actual end. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> just like all ends, it is just a part of the process. And when the earth went from a fart ball to an oxygenated lovely place, that required a, one of the most tremendous mass extensions that the Earth has ever experienced. You're calling and, us a fart ball. Yeah. And this is so, a little bit like that. We're a fart ball. <laughs> we're a fart ball right now. I'm, Soon. Did I ever say there was something wrong with being a fart ball? <laughs> no. I did. I said, I said that specific again. thing earlier in yep. the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. You hate fart ball. <laughs> <laughs> Stefan's we'll be... the one who loves yeah, fart balls. I'm ready. All right. Well, no, you have to embrace being a I snowball. Mean, yeah, now no, we're going to be yeah. a snowball. An oxygenated snowball. A beautiful it's going to be several billion years before this podcast is any good. Whoa! <laughs> oh, no! Whoa! <laughs> oh, <laughs> this is what no. I've learned. Well, before we get to like the real advanced version, oh it's just a lot of, where a lot of years of evolution. Boop. you got to have 10,000 hours, right? Is that how many it is to be an expert? Well... That's like to become a oh, master, uh, oh. a virtuoso of podcasting talent. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's only it... like a few thousand hours to competency. Okay. All right. <laughs> I, put in a, I put in a pretty fair amount of hours into podcasting in my go. week, yeah. so. Yeah. Yeah. You're getting, you're I'm getting close. Good. We're there. <laughs> so you good. do too, yeah. yeah. All right. Thanks to our sponsor, Big Sky Brewery, for providing us with beer. Big Sky Brewery here in Missoula, Montana, ships all across the United States. Uh, you can get Moose Drool in, oh, I think, like 36 different states now. Uh, and they are great, and we like them and have so much delicious stuff. And if you ever find yourself in Missoula, Montana, make sure you stop by there. Uh, they also do really cool concerts in the summer. They do. So maybe if you want to come to Montana, look into one of their concert series because they're yeah. really cool. And also, apparently, the Pie Hole has really good salad. Come eat a salad. Come go to a concert. <laughs> <laughs> uh, behind the camera and the soundboard has been Hiroka. Thank you for your help, Hiroka. I am Hank Green. I'm Stephen Chin. I'm Sam Schultz. I'm Sari Riley. And this has been Holy, Holy Fucking, Fucking Science. Science.